The following is an actual play Dungeons and Dragons podcast featuring a bunch of nerds stuck in their homes across the country. Listener discretion is advised. We don't know what the hell they're going to come up with next. This is Call of the Deep. All my guys, gals, and non-binary pals of podcast land, and welcome back to another episode of Call of the Deep, a Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition podcast, but also the second half of our fireside chat. We're going to be spending this episode just going over key moments, talking about said moments, what the players enjoyed, some questions that we have based on certain choices made, I do for sure, but we shall get into it. Once again, my name is Mikey. You can follow me at Pop Culture Geek on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram. And you can follow us at DD5 Tribe Productions. Make sure that you give us a like and follow to stay up to date on all of the projects that we have going on. As always, I am joined by my amazing cast of players. So we're going to do introductions. Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Our dwarven ranger, Fedin, is the first to go. <laughs> Oh my god, that rhymes. <laughs> it that does. Straight bars. Yeah. Alright, so, my name is Josh. I play Ferin Stonehammer. He's a dwarven ranger, a grandfather, who is exploring to have some fun and bring back stories for his many, many grandchildren for many years to come. I have a TikTok account under Only Josh and Ya, with uh, two underscores in there. So if you want to come hang out there, I just put together an entire party using the filter for D&D characters with Bill Martin, Bag Black, Glenn McDonald, the gnome fighter. So if you want to see what they get into in a one-man D&D TikTok campaign, come on over. Yeah, speaking of JVL, you're next, bud. <laughs> oh, God. So I have not come up with a one-man D&D uh, campaign, unfortunately, but I do want to watch it. That'd be so much more fun. <laughs> My name is John Van Luling. I am an actor, improviser in the great state of Vermont. And I, you know, I'm online as uh, the JV Lexicon or Negative H13. I am doing my part right now where I've been kind of a little, little just non-creative for a while, just uh, taking time to actually be with my family and do stuff like that. And it's been kind of fun. But now I'm stretching out and doing more things and doing silly voices and trying to make John squirt his water out his nose on occasion on this uh, podcast. So that's basically all I'm going for. Uh, I have a lot of fun here playing human being, the simic hybrid druid of the waves, uh, who likes to talk about all types of things that are boring and that his friends put in their mouths. That's really about <laughs> it. Can we just bring up that he kicks all the dead people in the head before sending them into the sea? They must go in a certain way. They are, be, are kicked in the head to slide feet first into the ocean. So they are felt. By, if you go head first into the ocean, Dagon looks at your feet as if it's your head. And, and you don't want to be a foothead. You know, you know anyone that is like a five-foot head, it's, it's disturbing. It's so specific. It's so Why good. would it not be? Do you have problems with specificity? I mean... I know you improvise on occasion, and specificity is usually a hard thing to come up with, but... 
Can't talk on that you. lovely note, <laughs> next player up to introduce themselves and just add to the chaos that is currently happening, we have John C. <laughs> Hi, my name's John Crossway. I am chaotic good and or evil, depending on the session. I am a teacher. I teach at a lot of different colleges. I am on TikTok. I'm taking a little bit of a break because I got mad at the algorithm. I'll get over that eventually. I got a few projects here and there coming down the pike. If you find me on IMDb, I've done a handful of horror movies and I'm on a Netflix show called Go Go Cory Carson if you want to hear me be goofy. And hopefully those bloopers never get out because I'll no longer get to be on a kid's show. I, I'm the NPC actor and improviser and I laugh a lot. I say a lot of inappropriate things and laugh a lot. <laughs> and he has been nice enough to become a full-time party member so he gets to play our rogue, Fila, who has the EMP dagger, which is something that has been great to have. I forgot about and all of a sudden <laughs> used it and went, oh, this thing's amazing. All right, next player up that we have is Amador. Okay, hello, I'm Amador, or Michael, whichever you like. I'm your friendly neighborhood normal guy that doesn't really have any projects going on, but I am your bite-quarantined goblin on this here game. I play Corvus, our arcane archer, and I like to eat about anything that can fit in my mouth. Wink. Nope, we gotta keep it going. <laughs> that's a, That's the after show. Wink. And then, of course, uh, for, for our regular cast tonight, we have, last but not least, we have uh, Josh M. Hey, guys, it's Josh, a.k.a. MG Preacher. Uh, you can follow me at MG Preacher on TikTok and MG Preacher Mark II on Instagram. And I play our party's paladin, Esmar Paladin, Darak Valgod. As Amador said, I'm just a normal person. I have no idea what I am anymore. This crew gets so chaotic, I, I don't even know anymore. To give a little bit of context, too, to all this, Josh down there <laughs> that just spoke right now, he has become a rock in this endeavor as he is in six of the seven games that are currently going on as part of season one of Vibe Tribe Production. So sometimes see, there's a, an amalgamation of different things that come out in terms of character voices because there's a lot of them and taking space in his head, but I appreciate it nonetheless. I'm afraid I'm running out of room up there. I feel like that's all of us. It's okay, just get rid of some of your childhood memories. You'll have a lot more room after that. <laughs> oh my gosh, stop. <laughs> okay, let me just hit uh, control, delete on here. And what, 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 what were we talking about again? Careful, don't, don't end the wrong task. You will mess up the entire thing. Josh EXE has stopped responding. <laughs> no, stop. Uh-oh. As far as our regular cast members tonight, we are down a player, our lovely Dragonborn Forcer, as uh, JVL has coined it from the last episode, uh, Fighter Sorcerer. He is not here tonight, but you can follow Jace, aka JC Vanguard, on the TikTok by that name. Go follow his stuff, show him some love. It's a great time. And of course, coming back from last episode to join us in the chicanery and tomfoolery that is called The Deep. We have the one and only Wes. <laughs> the one and only. Hi, I'm Wes, and I'm you know part of the D&D Vibe Tribe playing on uh, Knights of Pain Town 2. Oh, you can hear me there. And I play the character who shall not be named yet because I was told not to name him until the end. Yes. The so we will make sure to get to that little portion because it's going to be amazing. But yes. We are back with the second half of our fireside chat, where this episode, we're just going to focus on all the batshit crazy things that has transpired so far over th this part of the campaign. Well, if we're going to start somewhere, I guess we should start at the beginning. A lot of the buildup 
And this kind of goes into my first point. As a dungeon master, especially when you're running a game, for me, my biggest challenge, and I wouldn't say it drove me nuts, but I was very careful in terms because outside of the main campaign, the way that I like to run my games is I like to give characters, if they want to, their own kind of little side stories or personal arcs, if you will, that they get to explore throughout the campaign. So number one, finding the balance to make sure that I balance out the main campaign and this many side stories of these personal character arts has been something that I wouldn't say has been a huge challenge, but my biggest concern going into all this is I wanted to make sure that I gave enough time to every single one of my players to get a chance to explore their side stories. So finding moments to do that has been a task because I don't want one character to get all the attention and then forsake the other players and their side stories that we've cooked up together, which, by the way, I'm super excited for all these side stories to play out over the course of the campaign. But that has been my biggest struggle. Speaking of side stories, we actually got into one of those pretty early on, not even two, three sessions into the game, when you guys came upon the human trafficking ship is the nicest way to put it. I see some faces. <laughs> Wait, was was that before or after my time? Uh, it, <laughs> technically, that also during. I feel like during. It was a lot, but okay. So I guess this is a good point. What? This, we okay. met Fedden there. We hadn't met you yet. We met Fedden yeah. on the island after mm -hmm. there was a whole thing. This, this was this was a cluster schmas and a half. So I guess this is a great place to start. <laughs> JC, who's playing Tidek, our Dragonborn Forcer, when after character creation happened, I reached out to every player and kind of asked them what kind, if they wanted a side story, and if so, how would we go about it? So given the backstory that Tidek has, I pulled a lot of it. It is not the nicest, and so honestly, I'm grateful for the challenge, but that was like the, the first big hurdle that quote unquote I had faced in terms of this campaign, finding a way to bring to light a topic that is not necessarily the nicest for people to talk about in terms of human trafficking and physical, emotional and mental violence upon an individual and a group of people. And when I went into it, I actually was at a standstill because I was not sure, one, if I was comfortable doing it, but then once I kind of worked and processed through that, then the second part that I had problem with is trying to find a way to be able to explain the horrors of it without going into too much detail and potentially triggering some of the listeners who may have had similar experiences to this. I told my players after that game, but I was scared shitless the entire time leading into that moment because I was like, I have no idea how I'm going to do this. Get across what needs to be said without going overboard. I haven't heard that episode, uh, so I had no idea that's what you had encountered before all of my shitstorm appeared. Oh my god. It was, it was difficult, and I mean, I guess this is a good place to kind of recap that just a tiny bit. Even before that, I felt for you the entire time, Mikey, because not only was the, was the content going to be tough, 
but then your players split ourselves into three parts as we got yeah. into it. So you had to concentrate on three different places in this ship. Like this is like episode two, and already like they're all like, "We're gonna do our own thing. We're gonna do it." And this is ran off. So okay, so before I get into the little recap of that, so what ended up happening is that from their ship on the way to the island nation of Gunderland, there was some smoke signals in the distance. And as they got closer to said island, there was this marooned ship kind of on the beach. And after doing some investigation and some roles, we come to find out that the ship belongs to a royal family that is known as the Rajanis. So I took a lot of inspiration for this side story and these quote unquote antagonists a lot from of the Hindu culture. So India and all that kind of stuff, which I thought was suited based on what I was given. Once that was discovered, Tydak realized, be like, we have to go in there now. We got to figure out if there's anyone there because he recognized that ship as a ship that trades in human beings and other creatures, per se. So they ended up going to the island. And even before I got a chance to kind of really set the scene, Tydak's just like, I'm running towards the ship. Once I mentioned that there was a hole in the front of it for them to enter, he's like, I'm in there. I'm gone. I'm like, wait, is that what you want to do? And he's like, yeah. And then his character just ran off. I'm like, oh boy, here we go. And then from there, everyone kind of just split because we had Corvus and we had at that time our, our barbarian Endymion. They decided to climb on top of the ship. He was just chilling on the beach to be on lookout. <laughs> <laughs> I was enjoying all of the flora and the fauna of the in indigenous plants and such. And then in the meantime, Tydak had decided to run inside the ship from the hull with the cleric, Darlin, going inside and following after him to make sure he doesn't do anything dumb. <laughs> it, and he did. Which we'll get into in a little bit. But oh, wow. that was that little aspect. Like, we were barely in episode two slash three and the party had decided to split three ways. I was just like... Okay, so we got to make sure I give time to everybody who's on doing something. Meanwhile, tackling the very tough subject of where Tidak came from and all that stuff and what was going on, and trying not to like pull focus, which was insanely hard, Mike. I give you full credit for that. I appreciate it because, like I said, I was already nervous enough to do it. And then on top of that, when the party decided to split, I'm like, oh shit, what do I do? So I made the quick decision that Tydak ended up, I focused on him and Darlin first. So trigger warning, spoiler warning, if you haven't listened to this, for those of you who are not comfortable with the issues of human trafficking, uh, physical, mental, and emotional violence upon individual people, and a group of individuals as well, warning has been given. So as soon as Tydak entered, what I ended up doing is, is that he ended up seeing a bunch of the boxes and the satchels in the hull of the ship, which is where all the cargo is stored. We're, but instead of normally finding like food supplies and ship supplies and normal goods, there were different cages of different sizes, some kind of reeking of a mixture of the scent of like iron from the cage, as well as a coppery smell. And upon further investigation, there was a kind of dried coppery kind of color on some of these cages, which basically was dried up blood. And that kind of triggered a memory for Tydak in which as the audience and the other players got to hear, Tydak grew up as a fight pit arena fired and he was kept in captivity. 
and he was experimented on because of his lineage of being a gem dragonborn. So Tidak has one of his horns completely broken off, and he was an experiment to the antagonist for his side story, the Rajani twins. So he was subjected to fights and cruel experiments and kept in captivity. And at one point in this flashback, Tidak overheard the murder of his mentor in the fight pit, who happened to be a Loxodon, aka an elephant person, which was the source that awakened his sorcerer kind of powers. The twins are not the nicest people, let's just put it at that. They are complete douchebags, and that his sole mission is to get back at them and find revenge. But yeah, that was one of the toughest parts that I think as a DM so far in my DM career that I've had to have is because this was a thing that was given to me as part of a character's backstory. This was something I wanted to incorporate it, but I wanted to make sure that it was done in a way that came across what needed to be done of how horrible this kind of thing is, but do it in a way where I don't overdo it. And just as an added layer to it too, as a minority creator and as a minority in general, given the history of my Latin culture, there's bits and elements of it that are kind of a little bit unnerving, given the history of Mexicans and Puerto Ricans, because that is my heritage, and kind of some of the things that were done to those types of peoples. It was tough for me to kind of get through knowing my own history of where I came from and the history of my people and kind of translating that for someone else in a game. I was just like, I don't know if I can go through with this, but after having conversations with some other people and then making sure I did my homework and my due diligence, I was just like, I hope it turns out well. And I think I got the job done and I did feel a sense of relief afterwards, but yeah. Right out the gate, session two, session three, I already had to tackle something this tough. That's wild. I didn't know it started that heavy out of the yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I still didn't know. I have no idea. Right out the gate. You, you wonder why we were so screwed up when we got to Gunderland. But this was, is where we began. Because I remember those first few episodes when I showed up like, hey, I'm going to be funny. And like, and every time you talked about the previous session of the past, it was always like, oh, yeah, that happened. Yeah, that was, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That is like this. It wasn't somber, but it was definitely like, that sucked. Can we move on, please? And I was like, what <laughs> happened? I missed something. <laughs> what I will give credit to also is that the cast also, we had humor in it, that things that came out of it that were natural. It wasn't forced humor, like forced joking about the subject, but like the sure. fact that Darlin said, eh, I feel like I'm just going to mend the hole in the ship so we can take the ship with us afterwards. So that's why we're dragging two ships into port. Our, cl our cleric sat there and mended a giant hole in the ship. After we had this horrible thing, it's like, yeah, we're going to take it with us. We need an armada. We're going to do it. That's something I've always wanted to ask. I was like, why do you have two ships? And why did that's you? Why? why is that a thing? Like, oh, my God. We got a ship and another party member at the same time. It was a great time. Exactly. Yeah. That's so crazy. after that, after that little incident and then kind of just going along with that scene, and after a certain encounter with a Goliath and a fish person I who that. ended up who ended up choking out Tidak in the process, <laughs> which was so funny. Dude, rear naked choke. Just <laughs> <laughs> He rolled so many ones. It was perfect. Wow. See that's, that's what it is. That's the episode I watched. That's the one you sent me. <laughs> See, do you want to play this game? And I remember yeah. laughing, like, why would you do that to a fish? Like, I remember that being hilarious. <laughs> Extra oily. Yeah. It, yeah, it started off heavy and then it kind of got back to the quirky funniness. It was so great. Out of you. I was just like, well, I mean, this is what I signed up for. So I was just like, this, you this know, this game is very bipolar. 
Well, because I, I felt bad for Mikey too. This is second second um, thing in there. You're dealing with the, the heavy subject, the stuff we're dealing with, and then your big bad gets basically nerfed in the first two seconds by the druid. Yeah, for like, okay, I'm going to bring that up. Let's, let's get into that because that leads to the next part of this little saga on this island adventure because promptly after that, while all this is going on, he was still chilling by the hole and then he sees a human come out of the jungle with... And it's, I love it because this is what we're naming Blink Dogs now. Four poof dogs. <laughs> yep. Poof dog. Poofus. Yep. Doggus. That's they the Blink Dogs have fade. the ability to fade in and out of reality and they to go appear poof. in other spots. And <laughs> these in particular make a poofing sound when they do it. I have yep. not seen a poof dog. Where have all these poof dogs been? They so, might have killed them in extinction. <laughs> the oh, you killed me. all of them? Yes. What a beautiful creature you killed. So, so I had this fight all set off. So the episode that was full of the heaviness, like it ended when you decide to, you know what, JVL, I'm just going to let you do it. Cause it was great. I, I saw the guy pop out of the forest. So I dove into the hole and like hid behind something. And I'm like, what's going on here? T- they all kind of clamber down. Like, I don't know what's going on and what's going on. This guy's like calling. I think he was calling somebody out or like about to like say like, I know you're there. We have the, these hostages. So no one's doing anything. They're kind of all sitting around. So Hugh just gets up, licks his forehead, puts it down and casts Entangle on the ground where the big bat is. And the guy like really screwed his roll up. So he's restrained going into the first round of, of combat. Him and two dogs are both restrained. So these big bat can't move and he continues to screw up. Oh yeah. So like that was the end of that episode. Then we get to the next one where basically the entire episode is just them fighting. So I like had all this plan. They're going to fight. Yeah, and they- comes along. Yeah, they fight four blink dogs and, you know, this captain of the ship who happens to work for the Rajani family. So I was ready to, this is going to be the first challenge as a fight and everything. No, it did not. We did get the introduction to Fedin, who comes out like a badass. He's just like, hey, what's up? And then just as soon as it's his turn, starts flinging arrows all over the place. No, no, no. I, I felt for you, Mikey, because I knew I knew having DM'd games as well, and I was sitting there going, you planned this. This was going to be a big, long thing. This is going to be interesting. Test the party. Really get it there. No, they found some way around it that screwed you over, and you officially got your stripes as a DM that day, because you're huh. like, okay, I got to improvise off of this, figure out what's going to do. Why won't my guy get himself out of these tangling vines? What the hell is happening to these people? They're beating the crap out of me. Oh, good. He's finally free, and he's dead. Yeah, so, so I I, uh, I want to just apologize real quick, Mikey, because I enjoyed your pain a little too much that day. I had just finished a home game where players had to face off against one of the eldest of Fey. Oh my gosh. Like the masters of all of Fey and had to face off against her. And they managed to find the one thing that would stop her from doing anything. They actually found that random little trinket in episode one and held held on to it the whole time nobody does that but they did and the one thing that can kill the big bad they have it and they're dangling it 15 feet above her head because it's got an aura of 20 feet with a 30 foot chain attached to a guy with winged boots oh my god I had just gotten done having a very similar situation of this huge big bad that was a level 40 creature should have wiped all these level 19 characters, but no, they totally just ruined the entire fight. And I kind of <laughs> enjoyed being on, you know, having the boot on the other foot for a moment. 
And I apologize for that. I I don't (laughs) think it's a ruined fight. It just went differently than you thought it was going to. And it gave us more fun to play with because literally, again, Tydak coming out there, he wants to kill this guy and he still can't swing his sword. He can't figure anything else out. The only thing that worked were his wings and then nothing else did. He got his breath weapon to go off once. Yeah. Like it was just like, he, like it's watching. The <laughs> I remember this. There's yeah. jokes. There's jokes now that make way more sense. <laughs> about like, Oh, you're going to breathe fire this time. Shut up. Like, Oh, that's right. I, apparently that failed. Okay. Yeah. God. Yeah. So Mike, that- Mikey, you did, you did the best thing ever. And I think you gave our audience members also the best thing ever, which is this is not going to be a perfect campaign. This is not going to be like, you know, your standard storytelling and you need to come along for the ride each time or it's not going to happen any way that you can understand. Yeah. That fight. I earned my stripes that fight because I mean I had in hindsight it was a great time overall. We got some fun moments like Tydek just the only thing that worked was his wings and his breath finally. We found out that our cleric spiritual weapon was a pillow. Yep. <laughs> yep. And then like I believe that was the Orchard of Sexy Ned Flanders too. Yeah. <laughs> yes it was. He's like he's wearing nothing at all. Nothing, nothing at, all. at all nothing at all see and uh, and the cool thing was is he just rolled with it he's like yep i am sexy ned flanders now uh, uh, i really wanted to learn more about the voices in his head now in the book yeah same i really <sighs> wanted to know what that storyline was gonna go or with um with uh wills and dimian when he would have those visions when he would get knocked the fuck out literally the first session you guys he remember down. he went down <laughs> okay so he went down, but remember, remember why he went down too he went down because of tydak tydak was the one who tydak rolled a one and he failed in his attack which hit the barbarian and he went down and because it was a psionic attack it was his psionic breath weapon he I, and Dimmy was raging and couldn't prevent the there wasn't resistant to psychic damage <laughs> So he went down, and this is the first fight of the campaign. <laughs> was just, they he were was all the at, only one that went down. He was the only one wow. that went down, and these guys were at level. You guys were only at level one, one right? One. Yeah. yeah, level one. So we had gotten on the boat, gotten out of port, had our first fight with pirates. Who, if I remember correctly, we almost didn't have them board the ship because we had cut most of the ropes, and then they the got on, on there fire. and things were done. Yeah, we, you said so the ship on mad. fire. <laughs> yeah, you also we set the ship too. on fire. I think we were level two because I already had the Goodberry spell because we worked that into how the uh, various slaves that had been on the island had survived for a few weeks. No, I think so we this, had just leveled up. So this pirate fight happened before they got to the island. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Basically, Mikey was... leveled us up to level two to be level two at the island. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the other thing, too. I wasn't expect. I mean, it was a glorious and it was a great moment because it was funny as all hell. But I wasn't expecting someone to go down. I'm like, oh, shit, what do I do? But I'm glad it did because it worked out in my favor because then we got this premonition vision thing before he was brought before Dimian was brought back. (laughs) Wow. So we'll get into that in a little bit. But yeah, back to the dogs. The dogs got roasted and died (laughs) like it was I earned my stripes, but it was not a good day because my dice cursed me. And so were they were they load bearing like were the dogs a part of the story (laughs) and they just got. No, I mean, they, they technically still are because Hugh has two vials of blink dog blood <laughs> yep. in his backpack. Yep. So, <laughs> so <laughs> wild. Poof dog it's blood. ridiculous. I want to I want to see poof dogs like that sounds amazing to me. Can I be or like this game's like mascot is just a poof dog Patreon exclusive poof dog. Familiar, it's a poof dog. It's a poof yeah. dog. It's a poof dog. We're going to give the crew the poof dog. 
Speaking of crew, because it was this episode after the fight, too. So one of the bigger story bits for Tidak's side story is after investigating the charred body of this captain, he finds a wanted poster of him and scribbled underneath is a message from the Rajani twins is that there's a bounty on his head for anybody who can bring him back to the capital where the twins are at. And then in a little note to the captain himself, it's important they do so because Tidak is the key to something. We don't know what... It is yet, but he's important. A really messed up lock that you have to actually not stick your key into to make it work. Jeez Louise. And after all that shenanigans, so that fight also gave us your guys' warship. <laughs> and our name, I believe, too. Yep, yeah. because JC, while all this was going on, while he, after his little bit was done, he actually drew up the new emblem for your guys' ship, and you guys got the name of the Scorched Shield, which is, I guess, officially... Yeah, which is now officially yeah, the party's name. <laughs> it's canon. We used it when we talked to King Red Axe. So, yeah, so the Scorched Shield is this party's name, so it's it's a great time. Speaking of which, man, when we got to the island and then y'all had free reign for the night before you had to go meet with King Red Axe, my god, was that probably the funnest episode up to that point. Once again, the party split, but this time I was okay with it. <laughs> It was planned. It was a planned split. And this, this is when you came in. <laughs> yeah, this is where good old John came in because I was like, hey, I need you to do NPC duty. So sure. <laughs> just roll. And probably up to this point, you have given us probably one of the most iconic NPCs, at least to this group. And you and Mikey spent a good half hour trying to see if you could make me blush. Oh, oh yeah! Was, oh, <laughs> I forgot about that! What was great was... I... Because you would, and this is, you know, behind the scenes stuff. We, I was texting Mikey, like, well, can we do this? Can we do that? And Mikey, of course, can't look at Mikey's phone while Mikey's doing the thing. So I was like, I'm going to have a thing for dwarves. Hang on. And that was it. That's all I said. <laughs> I was yep. like, I'm going to wait. And I'm going to wait. And I'm going to wait. And it, I wanted, I wanted it to go full on. I'm going to be all over this dwarf. Not knowing that you were a 300 year old grandpa, by the way. That's a total, that's a new, that's new information to me. That's a grandpa. It just, it, it he just, carries it well. He doesn't look it. If you see his image, <laughs> he actually looks like he's about 150. But now the truth is that girl dirty. Uh, she likes something <laughs> very specific. She, she wants to tug the beard while she rides cowgirl. Yeah, <laughs> but like, but she's looking for someone 300 years old. Yeah, that that's. He wants it to look like a baby arm holding an apple. I, I, I mean, we almost went there. I was getting ready to, <laughs> I was going to drug a drink. Like there was going to be all kinds of things that were going to happen to. Meanwhile, Wesley's over here dying. <laughs> the best part is coming in. Had you drugged the go, drink, he was, was gonna probably going to drink the drink before he got it. Exactly. Like there was a lot of like. I was going to get make it really dark and really kind of awkward and strange. Like, no, maybe not. I was going to go full court press, but then it turned into this weird bashful blushy thing, <laughs> which is even funnier. Because mm -hmm. Mikey, Mikey has this brash, like, go find yourself a man. Like, it was great. Again, I just rolled with what was happening. I was like, oh, we're going here. Let's just, let's just full send it. Yes, and. <laughs> just all and Fallon is looking at the two of you like you're wee babes and just, <laughs> oh, you poor darlings. Give me a pat on the head and send you to bed. You had too much to drink. I'll man the tavern. You're going up oh, to yeah. bed. Go talk to him. Go I don't want to talk to him. You can't, I can't do that before. <laughs> you don't understand. I was so, like, giddish and free. But it's funny. Every I, I had time Farron talked. Every time Fedden talked, you would have you would automatically go, and something crashes in the back and falls down. She has to go, yeah, God damn exactly. it! I have to go in the back. I have to go by. <laughs> I need to go do something else. I got to And just bam. <laughs> that 
Yeah. I think there's a line in there that's also like, could you come out here, please? No, no, I can't. Like, I'm just not even trying <laughs> yep, nope, nope. to come back out. Of it the was, it was, yeah. And see, at that point, like, and that's where that episode ended. Like, because we ended on the night. Then you guys basically had free oh, raid we, the next episode. We did in there. That's right. Because there was a whole conversation about, I remember the pamphlet conversation. About this one's in crayon and this and this and then and they're still look. plastered to the wall. I was going to say yes! they're, they're, yeah. they're still plastered. <laughs> Different versions yep. of it. Yeah, legends oh, yeah. have it. You can still feel the soppiness even though you're not touching it. It never dries. Never nope. It was it was a trip. Let's just go into that night out because geez, Louise was all of it was good for different reasons and like. So, unfortunately, our cleric's not here, but we're still going to talk about it because it was a fucking fun, hilarious, amazing moment when he went to the bookstore and got more than he bargained for. <laughs> oh, and this was also the time, too, because Liz, one of our... Go follow her on Liz McJanes on TikTok. She's great. She was just listening into all the shenanigans that was happening while we were doing this, and she was commentating via... In the Discord... My God, when we got to the bookstore, I wasn't planning on it for like a good 15 minutes. We kept coming up with like fantasy erotic titles. <laughs> it was it was ridiculous. Darlin played it perfectly, too, because the book owner was just like, come here. And she kept getting in his personal space. He's like, I don't want you in my personal space. And she locked the door and then he started blushing. It was ridiculous. It was great. It was, we creepy, got it was creepy and weird, but in a fun kind of way. Like, it was still... <laughs> It ended up being really fun, though, because then it went from being creepy and Daryl like, why are there people coming out of books? And I then he, he had, he, I love that he tried to show the gods in the books, the pamphlet he had from me. <laughs> yes, that part killed me. I was just like, he, this is this is too good. And I, that's the only downside. I was just like, I was so excited because we had talked about the side story bits and we kind of figured out something. And then it kind of just went into a completely different direction, still on the same track, but it expanded way bigger than I thought it was going to at that point. And I was like, okay, we're on a God quest. Here you go, Darlin. You wanted to learn more about the Pantheon of Gods? Here we go. And so I'm kind of sad that we kind of don't get to visit that anytime soon because unfortunately Darlin had to step away but i am happy though because i do still get to use bits of that just like i can use bits of endymion's backstory and kind of still let it play out in the campaign it just sucks that they had to step away because then that's the other part that i struggled with i was just like okay side stories have been introduced oh no they're not here rewrites hold up i was just like well, this version of the script doesn't work. Let's try to figure this out X, Y, and Z. So behind the scenes, I'm like, I still need to make this narrative make sense. But what am I doing? What am I doing? Okay, let's do this. I think those things will come back, though. I think that this, the way campaigns go, and the way at least this campaign kind of feels, these weird things circle back all of a sudden. And it's like, that's lore. I didn't know. That's <laughs> going to come back at some point for some reason. For sure. And I kept it open-ended because I was just like, I definitely want to revisit this. So I kept it open-ended. But that was the first part. Then we get to the second greatest moment because the first one was just that whole bookstore interaction. That was hilarious. Then we probably get probably the most greatest NPC that this campaign has ever seen so far. You shake your head, but my God, it was stuck in our brains for a week. <laughs> like, and then it had it just, some of us started using it in our everyday vernacular. It was ridiculous. Hello, you need this? Jesus. You Hello. You need this? You need this? <laughs> Hello. Do you, mask, this? Grab, Hello, had, do you need this? Hello, do you need this? I had that hockey mask here in the closet. because Exactly. You know. 
I'm just gonna throw this on and see what happens. Hello. That was getting real navy vibe. Hey, I know. Hey, listen. Look, look, listen, look, look, hey, hey, look out, look, hello, hello. Yeah, it's basically it's what that was. Watch out! Watch out, dumbass! Dumbass! Just link in a padded room. Hello, hello, look out, hello. Honestly, that's that scene was supposed to only be like five, ten minutes. It turned to like 20, 25 minutes, only because for the first half of that, like, I was crying of laughter, <laughs> like tears were falling down my face, and I'm looking around. I see other players trying not to crack up. I see JC's just dying in his video feed. I, I think I turned my up. camera off at one point because I was <laughs> yeah. just like this, head down. I've just spent 30 minutes fighting both these women off, and now there's a little gnomish navvy running around trying to force sails on people. <laughs> Meanwhile, okay. meanwhile, the two people talking to her, one is just repeating her stuff back to her and then trying <laughs> oh, to talk to her. So great. Do, and do the other one this? is like, uh, no, no, I don't need this. Do you need this? <laughs> one of the best discoveries about that scene was when the voice did shift. That was a cool discovery for me. Yeah. Because I was, spoiler alert, Mikey has sent me a lot of beautiful things and I ignore about half of them. Uh, and I'm sorry, Mikey, I read them though. <laughs> But it was, you have that in here. Despite her demeanor, she's very loving and knowledgeable about it. Yeah, very loving, very kind, just only has four words. Hello? Do you need this? I don't know who said, are you cursed or are you this? That was Amador. Oh, that yeah. was me. Yeah, and it just triggered like this whole like, hello? <laughs> and it was just this, ah, it was, it was creepy, but felt good, if that makes any sense. It was like, oh, there's oh, yeah. the truth again. There's the, oh yeah, someone figured it out. And then we figured out to give you my sopping wet paper and a pen, and we could actually talk to you. Right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. On my back. Yeah. Yes. I don't know. I don't know if that where that character is now. <laughs> oh, she's character? still in Gunderlin, and I still have plans because oh, after that, I was like, just yes. like, like I can't just put her to the wayside. I was no. just like, oh, she's gonna. Well, and then on top of that too, because it ended up being a bent benefit to me because you ignored half the stuff i sent you which is fine i don't mean that i just gave slight. me i just mean i i apologize for going on tangents and all of a sudden it's like oh my no I'm sorry. <laughs> and i appreciated it and here's why because like when that curse thing got brought up that was something that we never discussed that never came to my mind and then you just rolled with it i'm like ooh, i have an idea because through that little interaction Corvus learned that she is cursed the same way that he is five the same per person who cursed them too so i was right. just like yes uh, plot I'm point let's go that's right that's right <laughs> i'm remembering that now yeah that was a trip it's it was funny that it's not a cop-out for me as an improviser because i've done jokes like that before play a character that can only say one thing or, or jokes and things like that but the excitement was to be in a group of folks that i have not really met <laughs> at all day one and be like i was gonna throw this out there and see what happens oh they're responding oh you're gonna play back oh okay this is gonna go just fine which is great it could have it could have fallen flat on its head and just been like why is this dude doing that so i'm glad you all were like really to well, go again that, that's a testament to mikey again because he put together a group that one's either like trust themselves yeah. enough to do it or whatever else it is and personally i'm like so they're going oh i've seen this character i've been on stage with this character i know yeah. how to play with this character let's Hello. go have fun need this hello. hello yes i do need hello yes i do i do need this and uh, did, did, did. i feel like majila jila majila majila yeah I feel like majila has hella money like sells oh, yeah. everyone she is 
Yeah, because she is the head of trading Gunderland, so well, like she do she do quite all of I, it. I'm pretty sure she's the head of the Assassins Guild there too. Like she's just like you know, <laughs> secretly taking people out, she's putting black hands on notes and then sending them in it's, the mail. Yeah, and okay, and then this kind of to conclude that little portion too, because towards the end of this is Fila comes back in and she shows the Dagon pendant, and that's when Hugh like that shift happens for Hugh. He's like, oh no. Yeah, yep, that yeah. was cool too. That was really intense. I'm uh, not expected whatsoever, but yeah, I, I made the choice then. I'm like, okay, you're gonna see why Hugh doesn't like you, except he does now for some reason. I have no idea where that came from, other than the fact that we, we've shared stuff. But I think I know where it came from, but like we'll get into that in a little bit you know, because that happens later. Be Digons. It's it was great. <laughs> okay, so then let's get into this last portion. Each section of this whole entire session where you guys just had free reign of the town was so great. But this one was probably that the God, most what that, the fuck. God, that, God, I was like, that, what the that, hell are God. we doing here? Because then we get to Tydak, who the twins gave him that little flyer to go to this fight club at the Crooked Mast or whatever we call it, the tavern. And so he gets there and just sees the poor little penguin boy get thrown out on his ass. <laughs> his bag gets taken. So then, of course, Tydak is just like, I'll get it back for you, but I want all the stuff in your bag. <laughs> and then, really of course... funny about this, and I'm glad you bring this up. I went off mic after I took a minute to go to the bathroom and came back. <laughs> I had no idea who this penguin was. I had no idea this penguin had a bag. I got here and I was like, what are we even talking about? The penguin has a bag. Oh shit, this is evolving quickly. I had no idea where the impetus for that was. And then of course, like in my head, I was just like, JC is finagling right now. How do I respond to this? And then I was like, you know what? Yes, and here we go. Yes, you can have what's in my bag. Just get it back for me. And then also it like, pause on pause on Prince, who has become both the most hated and loved character in this entire game. <laughs> so okay we will get into that because like <laughs> the whole journey that prince has been on with the relationships with this party is so interesting and we'll talk about that in a little bit so after the finagling we just get into the tavern and that's when like in the best way possible and i mean this in the best way possible all hell breaks loose <laughs> <laughs> yeah because then all of a sudden it's like you just go up to the bar and you see caspian he's the owner blah 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 and then i'm like john yeah. with it and then you're just like bam i'm like oh my god this is amazing <laughs> the uh oh this is <laughs> trade secret there was an old bbc show called mongrels that not a lot of people in the States saw. And it was actually kind of like, it was a puppet show that would look like Sesame Street, but they were all animal characters. And it was kind of like Family Guy. It was really, really dirty. So it was dirty puppets telling dirty jokes. And one of the characters is a character named Marion, who sounds exactly like this. It is the excessive character. It's kind of French, but a little stupid. And kind of an idiot. So in my head, I was like, I'll just do that, but do it seriously. And that's just where that came from. <laughs> So, you want me to do what with you? Okay. It's an ass, ass bag. We want your ass bag back. That is why this is. That was so much fun just to do that. And then the <laughs> fight leading up to it. <laughs> oh my gosh. That was out of left field. And then, like, the introduction happens, which was great, by the way, John. Did you, did you roll for those characters? Like, did you just all of a sudden start making a sheet? Inside DM tip? Like, do you really want to know? I'm, I'm very curious. I want to know what happened. I had planned for him to fight something, but the stats and what actually ended up happening all off the top of my head fantastic when you just like introducing the family i'm like hold up wait a minute 
I look at my notes. I'm like, this wasn't on script, but fuck it. Here we go. <laughs> but see, that's why I love this moment because I was just like, just cha- flipping the script on its head. Everything that I had planned, I was like, fuck it. Just throw it out. Let's just roll with it. And my God, did it turn into probably the most infuriating as a dungeon master, but the most glorious moment. Fucking sleep, man. Sleep. <laughs> you almost got him that first half, though. That first sleep yeah. wasn't going to work. But you, it was the, you were using horde rules, right? You were using, or like, whatever the rules Again, were. off the top of my head, I was just like, I'm just going to oh use some horde. Like, I just came up with the stats in my head, just wrote it on a sticky note, and just went with it. It was something, glorious. about that fight, pl- fight pit bar tavern place that was just, the descriptions of it that we all had were just like, pictures on the walls and t-shirts that we sold and everything else we talked about that day. I was like, ah. Oh. Was it someone said there was like t-shirts that have the family on it but now they're like all crossed off but we were selling them anyway like all, all those it was so vibrant we literally turned this and, tavern into our own wrestling promotion <laughs> and pro dm tip post-it note npcs are amazing and load bearing apparently like are holding up all kinds oh of- yeah oh yeah i was expecting to surprised this how well in, uh, if you get a break in the book somewhere you take that throw a little post-it in there use the glue on it oh it works great Damn. I was expecting that fight to at least go a little more rounds, and then he failed sleep the first time. I'm like, yeah, this is great. Like, we can keep going. And then he's like, I'm going to do it again. And then he succeeded. And I'm like, fuck you. Yes. So <laughs> I was nice. so upset. And I forgot. See, I had forgotten at this point, too, that I forgot that there was some sorcerer shenanigans going on. I'm like, damn it, Jace. Yeah. I was like, I forgot you have magic. That's so funny. Because up to this point, he really hadn't been using his spells. And then this was really the first time where he actually used a good, like, used a spell. I'm like, fuck, I forgot you had magic. He put him to sleep, decapitated all of them. I'm like, yep. So it was infuriating, but it was glorious. And then we get into probably, as a DM, the most questionable thing that happens after he gets Prince's bag back. The candle was really cool because I had created that. And it ended up coming in handy a little bit later. Then he gets, like, this bracelet, and then what happens next episode? He's like, oh, let me put it on and see what happens. See, as a DM, like, I put that in there, and I remember, like, after the fight, he's just like, I'm not putting this on. It's probably cursed or something. I'm like, damn it, he's being, like, he's being smart about it. Oh, well, we'll see what happens. And then I was like, it's probably, I gotta, at first I was like, I gotta finagle a way to get this bracelet on him. And then sure enough, I didn't have to do anything, because next episode, he's like, let me put this on real quick. And then a little needle comes out, pricks his blood. Mm-hmm. He can't get it out. Fed in, and upon investigating it, finds that there's like some runic symbols keeping it on him. And then the Rajani family crest is there. And so then it was determined that they're tracking Tidak now. So they have a beacon to kind of give off its location through arcane means. We got through that episode, but that was part of the Halloween episode from hell. <laughs> Like, half the players were missing because of Halloween, which was fine. Then the program we were using kept crashing. Then we just jumped oh, onto right. Discord. I, I heard the horror stories about this. My, I had mm-hmm. Discord running and all hell we was breaking loose in the Discord. We spent, 10, 15, we spent 10, 15 minutes, like, taking a break to get Craig all set up. I was so upset. But then down the line, too, like, JBL had to edit the whole mess that was that episode. And so I felt that. And that was also the episode, too, where people, everyone was dunking on Prince. Yeah, which what I'm, happened? At this point, once we got everything situated, we picked back up in the tavern the next morning. Fedin had made breakfast for everybody. 
as he everyone had taken was, over the tavern. He had taken over the tavern, so it was oh, glorious. That's right. I was upset I missed this episode because I wanted to do more with Fedden. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was glorious. But yeah, was, so during breakfast, gonna... Prince comes in with Dedic, and that was going to be the formal introduction to Dedic and his character. I was worried I was gonna get into a fight with one of the party members. So and because oh, yeah. we had because we had that session zero prior, Josh, between Prince and Dedic, like they had formed a friendship. But at this point, the party still at this point, I don't even know if they still fully trust Prince. And like I rolled with it because I was like, you know, it's a game. There's no real personal feelings involved. But damn, everyone was dunking on Prince and just giving him shit. <laughs> Well, I also yeah, felt terrible, terrible because I know you made that character based on what I had created in Session Zero. Yeah, I was just like, oh, I'm going to test this out and see what happens. And then Hugh is just like dunking on him. I was just like... <laughs> by the by, just uh, for those who are watching this who are not familiar with this particular episode, Prince is not a actual penguin. He is a Aarakocca with He's the a penguin, penguin race. Uh-huh. Penguin features instead of like an eagle or a hawk, he has the features of a penguin, which was However, perfect to do for this. <laughs> it was never mentioned what species of penguin, so we all have these different ideas <laughs> of which penguin it is. Huh. Yeah, totally and I'm still waiting for one of these moments from these uh things where he just kind of sits there and stands there in place, like I-, I can't move, I have an egg on my feet. I have a pebble. Like, I'm just waiting for it. Yeah, I'm waiting. Nah. For it. <laughs> or do you want him to start, like, having Robin Williams' voice as he dances around? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Stop. Stop. Let me explain to you. Let me explain something to you. I'm not going to lie. I legit thought of that for a hot second. I was like, I can't seriously keep that up because I'll be cracking up every time. I, I can just imagine when Prince gets older, he's going to end up turning more into Lovelace. Nah. <laughs> 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 But yeah, <laughs> I, I can just picture jokes. him just like waving off to like uh, adventurers going out on their first major adventure. I'll be telling your story, happy feet, long when you <laughs> dead and gone. It's so funny. And then I remember after the game, yeah, that kind of leads into it. JVL is just like, Mikey, I am sorry that I was dunking so hard on Prince. I know you put work into this character and we just shat all over. <laughs> There was like a brief two seconds. I was just like, damn, they don't like him. I don't even know if we're going to keep him in the party. But I was just like, you know what? Prince is great. I was sad for like two seconds. Then I got over it. I was just like, you know what? We're just going to keep rolling with it. We'll see what happens. And it just adds a different dynamic. And as I said, every party needs that one person that nobody likes. Yeah. And that was my biggest concern because Dedek was ready to throw hands at this point. I was like, no, you're not supposed to fight yet. (laughs) Yeah. Beat up a penguin in a bar? Yeah, that was me. Wait, what? There is also a couple of times where I thought people were going to throw hands, which actually goes into the next part, because after you guys visited King Redax, we got the little revelation in the jail of the Rakshasa, which was a word that everyone had a hard time pronouncing at some point. Do, 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 right. do, do, We had rock lobster for a while. That's right. <laughs> forgot about that portion. But I yeah. haven't. I've it multiple <laughs> times. <laughs> But yeah, we get a little bit of introduction to Corvus's little side story, and we get the revelation that he can't taste anything. Well, I mean, it was hinted at and it was kind of given, but we get the official confirmation his taste was stolen. Yeah, yeah, we knew he was tasteless beforehand, but now we know he can't taste. Oh, yeah. Oh. Corvus is the one that can be a chef, right? Yeah, and he's the chef, so that's the funny bit. It leaves that little open, be like, I need you to come to Waterdeep. Come find me at the Lucky Lady. We'll talk more. I was just like, mm. So there's that point. Then we get into probably one of my favorite moments 
a more serious RP is when you guys made camp on the way to Fiskerback and you guys took watch and kind of had those little small character moments. Everyone knocked it out of the park with going off of like who they were paired with. Well, I mean, I love that moment because one, I didn't really have to do anything. I just let you guys roll with it. The stuff that came out of it, I was like, holy shit, this is beautiful. This is amazing. That conversation between Fila and Hugh was amazing. I wasn't expecting Prince and Tidak to go anywhere, but it actually kind of did. It was very interesting. It was amazing. I thought the party was going to suffocate me because I kept snoring. Oh, yeah, that was right. I remember that. That's right. (laughs) Yeah, I do remember that. (laughs) Uh, There's something cool, too, that you have so many side stories and plot lines and they all moments like that they all kind of come together at the same place which is benefit of having a campfire hey hey fireside chat a fireside chat if you will it comes full circle full circle (laughs) and it actually gave me more information about what and where this great day gun is and why where this should be going and could be going because i actually didn't remember the uh i didn't remember the pendant until you said it in the game i was like oh that's right i'm wearing that oh Okay. And then learning about the pamphlet and then talking to Hugh, which gives me stuff to think about games and games and games from now. It was lovely. It was a lot of fun. That was a really beautiful moment because I was just like, oh my goodness, they took it. And I was just like, I just let it happen because I was like, I don't want to say anything. I don't want to interrupt because this is organically. It was just coming together. And that was the other thing that I had to, because really this was the first interaction that Fila or you, John, as the player, actually had a good heart-to-heart with with one of the other players. I was just like, (laughs) those are the moments I live for because it just organically happened. I'm like, holy shit, this is beautiful. And I loved every single moment of it. (laughs) And it it was also good to have a good scene partner in it that would be like, okay, we're going to go here. We're going to play this down. And like, it's not just informational. Like this is going to be revelatory in certain ways, which was perfect. For any of the theater people or actors listening. Yeah, it was nice. <laughs> it's very cool <laughs> to be like, oh, hey, I'm going heads up with somebody. This is cool. And like in hindsight too, because like when we had the conversation after that session and you're just like, I would be lying if I said I wasn't looking for kudos and validation because like as a game master, you want to know from your players if you think you're doing a good job and all that stuff. And at this point, everyone was telling me that I was doing a good job. And, you know, I was like, yeah, but, you know, there's certain things I can do better. When me and you, John, had the conversation after that session and we were just texting a little bit and you told me this is like, this is very therapeutic and thank you for letting me be a part of this. I was just like, holy shit. And I mean, just the culmination of everything leading up to that particular session, I think that's when it clicked for me. I was just like, oh my God, I'm actually doing it. And you know what? That was the sign that I needed and I was looking for because that told me that you were having fun and then follow up conversations with everyone else telling me that they were enjoying themselves. I think while I still self-deprecate from time to time, I think that was what solidified it for me. This is a story that's keeping their interest. And this is a story that I want to see all the way to the end. And it's because you guys bring some dimension to it. And the fact that you are enjoying it and just elevating just the bare bones structure that I have to it and filling the personal details with your guys' characters. And then I remember telling everyone, I was just like, is this what it feels like to be an actual dungeon master these moments right here? Because everyone talks about it, but this was the first real experience that I had. And granted, I'm probably going to keep having those because, again, fairly young DM. Hi, how you doing? (laughs) But for me, as a dungeon master, it solidified. Yeah, I want to see the story all the way to the end. So let's keep going with it. And which we did. 
And then, can we just talk about the spaceship? <laughs> that, that particular portion of the story, that session going into the spaceship, everything that happened inside of it, and everything leading into the exploration of the sunken ship. Again, transparency is important for me. That entire session, I had no notes because I had left my notebook at my school. And it was closed during the weekend because I was doing some writing during uh, after school hours. So that entire session, I just was <laughs> off the top wow. of my head and I just bullshitted my way through that entire se session because I was like, I don't remember what I wrote, but fuck it. We're going with it. <laughs> I'd love to see those notes of what would actually was supposed to happen, too, because that was a, <laughs> that was pretty good by itself. I wouldn't have noticed. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll be completely honest. I wasn't because it was originally going to be planned for later down the line, but I pulled the trigger anyways. The introduction that the gods are fighting. I'm like, well, there's that plot point now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that little thing. Had you planned the the thing coming out of the skull of the thing? I can't remember nope. what that was called. You oh, didn't even no, the you intellect didn't even, to love out. Yeah, you devour? didn't even plan that when that happened? Nope, I just rolled with it because I was like, because I, I know what the core theme that I want to go with this campaign. So I kind of just like, okay, off the top of my head, what can I think of? Intellect devour coming out of her head and, and then y'all speared it and then it just disappeared into a portal. Like, it was ridiculous. And then we had an acid trip because Corvus and, Fila, Corvus and Fila saw that same vision that Dedic and Prince had of just falling through the sea of stars and just... Is that when we lost the fish? No, that, that was, was after. No, that, that was after because then we went into the spaceship. Y'all investigated it. You found this reflecting pool. And then there was another vision that was had. And then I forgot who it was that put, like, carried the fish relic over the pool, which... Corvus. That was Corvus. Yeah. I fucked yeah. it up, guys. It's okay. I'm sorry. Which prompted this very corrupted version of a Saugen coming out. And again, off the top of my head, because Hugh was just like, I'm going to try to get it with seaweed. And then I was just like, okay, we got to put the stakes up a little bit and know that shit's about to go down. I Again, off the top of my head, as it touches this creature, it just disintegrates. And then it affected you, Hugh, too, because you started losing color in your arm through that whole yeah, I put my hand ordeal. in and it just sucked the color out of you and like taking your life force <laughs> essentially wow yeah it happens yeah. but then we probably get probably one of the more lighter moments of the relic being completely gone and disappeared is we have that episode consent was sexy in that episode because we had our demigoddess come down have this conversation and then he was like nah we need consent before you start touching me <laughs> consent is sexy though just pulling out of the top of my head, the gods are fighting. She's a represent of one of the ocean goddesses, Lady Lucretia. Y'all got her sigil because you you needed that to be able to go into the ocean to the sunken. I mean, some of us did. Some of us. Some of you did. Let me tell you. So that ship was the first quote unquote dungeon that I was running. I was like, I don't really have experience with dungeons like that. So we're just going to roll with it. And then, of course, what happened? Our lovely forcer, he decided to touch the dead body. <laughs> and then leeches everywhere. So in hindsight, so after that episode was finished and we had signed off for the night, I was reviewing my notes. And then as I was looking at everything that happened, there was a moment where I got really worried because... Mind control is one of those things in any tabletop RPG 
that can go very well or can go very bad. And I didn't think of that at the time. And it wasn't until afterwards. I'm like, oh my God, this could have gone very wrong had people not been comfortable with it, even if they did fail the role. Because I was like, mind control is not something that you should do lightly because then it can lead to people doing very messed up things all that kind of stuff and i, mean, I didn't that's true in real life too like yeah and i didn't think of that, that until afterwards so i got worried for a little bit i'm like holy shit i hope no one's mad at me because their character was under the influence of this evil dead thing i was like oh my god what did i do <laughs> oh i was gonna say let's not forget that i was nearly fucking killed yeah. you died you almost died like twice right like yeah almost i dead and then came right back and then almost died again <laughs> Yeah, I was one HP in the big boss fight, and then I was like, I don't know, I think it was like nine when the mind control thing happened. Right. I nearly fucking... <laughs> that was the other thing that was like eating at me a little bit too. I was like, holy shit, like I almost had a ca player character almost kill another player character. Holy crap, I need to do better when it comes to this next time. No, that, that was perfect. Oh. I think that was perfectly perfect. Like we go into a dungeon and you know what you're getting into in certain things. It's perfectly fine mikey you don't it's need to go easy to dangerous yeah <laughs> these things can happen it's just a normal part of adventuring and it don't also affects the strategy we have touch dead bodies don't fuck with leeches like it's not don't let jace poke anything exactly yeah. i don't they don't let jace anywhere near anything that was remotely dangerous well, Fucking... that's why he ended up getting put in a big giant coffin during the big boss fight because it's like, okay. you can't have him near there. <laughs> let's, just, <laughs> so let's just go into that then because, I mean, the mermaid was cool. Like, the eel was kind of cool. But that boss fight was so much fun to run for me. But there were points I was like, holy... The, during this fight, I was just like, it's going back and forth. And then we had players going down. I'm like, holy shit, did I make this too difficult? But you guys still pulled it out. You were able to win. But it was it was it you was tough. EMP dagger. Yeah, thank I you, thank you to EMP our druid, dagger. the EMP doctor, and uh, our lovely little dwarf up there. I was hiding behind a barrel because I forgot about the EMP dagger. And I was like, I should I got use basically this. a bladed nuke in my hands. <laughs> <sighs> Well, it, just, it, it taught us teamwork it taught us how to work now not having our cleric around which we're not going to have so we had to figure it out i got to play healer and also my entire strategy with it was like oh crap we're getting rock sword hard i need to pin this guy to the ground somehow okay let's use my giant shark form why the hell not <laughs> you just make a you just torpedoed yourself into the fight <laughs> it's not much but it's honest work body slab well, what what big you know like big bad expects a giant like creature just fall on them during a fight <laughs> i mean not many hugh was a pokemon at that moment hugh used body slam <laughs> it was super effective <laughs> it was super effective super he effective. literally torpedo sharked himself <laughs> into the fight and pinned uh, his ass down it was, I will say that we're pretty damn close to Pokemon. Them. will be familiar with the one Sharpedo. Yes, that yeah. Sharpedo used body slam. It was a good back and forth, and I think again, you're as a dungeon master. My mentality is you don't win at Dungeons and Dragons, but honestly, I have to thank you guys because I love board games, card games, whatever. Who knew that because I like running tabletop games. I love the fact that you guys pushed me to actually start being strategic about how I started moving these pieces around the board. I was just like, okay, oh, they are all in. They're taking this serious. All right, let's step the game up real quick, which made me invoke the spells that this creature had, these black flames that was out crazy. 
see the fight ended perfectly because had Tidak stayed in that coffin because he was the only one who failed that save and got trapped in that ice coffin like <laughs> had a couple more rounds passed he would have been frozen it would have been very bad <laughs> had a couple more rounds uh, go by i could have died yes, yeah you yeah. were going up I and down like three hp i was like Dedek went down. I started healing. And Tidak was like trapped in the coffin. Everybody was looking bad. And then, of course, the coup d'etat of it all. Fila with the EMP dagger for the win. Oh, yeah, I can do this one thing. thing. I should do that. I have this. Oh, I think, I don't think, did you remind me? Or you, I did. Yeah. Yeah. Was like, yeah. Because way, you had you thrown one of the daggers and you're just like, shit, it missed. And you were just like, instead of going picking it up, you ran and you hid. Yeah. And then you're just like, damn, I don't have another dagger. I'm like, you have your EMP dagger. Oh, yeah. yeah and like, then, of course, wait. and then and when I reminded you, it's just it's like, how do you want to do this? Oh, Farron has an extra dagger that he never uses, <laughs> and it just stays on his belt for in case somebody needs it, he takes it off and hands it to him, because he uses his Warhammer or his Great Axe. So he was about to say, take mine, lad, and then you ran and hid. And I was like, but never mind then. <laughs> <laughs> Fila, was... use Nuke Knight. Oh, use the Nuke Blade. Yeah, that's well, so... and To be fair, also, I, he was also nearby who has his you know cutlass that he hasn't used in a while. Who he fenced with Fila with. He was like, here, take this. It's dexterity based. You'll have fun. It was a great time. The fight was awesome. It was close. And you guys ended up pulling out the victory. I, there was a point, like I mentioned, after we talked after the episode, because I was wondering, I was like, did I make the fight too hard? Was it not hard enough? Like, I hope it was the right amount of challenge. And it was because it, was it went it went back and forth the whole entire time. I was like, it's exactly where it needed to be. And we were just... Mm -hmm. We, we, I was stupid. Like, if I wasn't as stupid <laughs> that long, it would have been fine. And then, like, or after that, have ticked off a couple of those entity things. Other <laughs> than that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> those shadow serpents, man. Like, it was yeah. crazy because they actually were keeping some of you guys, like, restrained. It's like, ah, <laughs> madness. It, it was glorious. And then, of course, everything that happened afterwards, too, is just like, oh, there's people in these coffins. Wait, why do I hear the voice of this cult leader? Hold up. Who is this dude in a suit coming over and talking to you? <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, look, a box. I'll go open it. <laughs> After all that, what's in the box? What's in the mimic. box? What's mimic. in the box? What's in the box, man? What's it's in the always box? a mimic. Just assume everything's a mimic. Don't open the box. It don't be a mimic. Don't be, don't a, be mimic. a mimic. Don't, don't be a mimic. And then don't of course, when you guys got back to the surface, and then so, and this is actually well, a good baby. point. So this is where I'm going to fill in because JVL, you had to leave like I once. Didn't this one. Yeah. I so this town. is good catch up because afterwards, y'all rest long rested at the beach. You made your way back to Fiskerback, reported to the jar what happened, and then there was a big old party. And then we got the spoils from that chest. Oh, yeah, because you got the spoils mm. from the chest. We said that it, you divided it up, which we can do off camera. But then the way that we concluded this arc was very interesting because as everyone was being party hardy, good old our ASMR paladin, Dedek, noticed that little penguin boy was missing. <laughs> Flipper boy was gone. Flipper boy was gone, apparently, is what we're calling him now. <laughs> Flipper boy but, gone. <laughs> we got the revelation that Prince is a child of one of the gods. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, the I goddess heard. of spring, I think it was. 
Mm-hmm. And then you were given a book to give him because this is all this creativity inspired me, like I said, at the end of the episode, that this book is to be given to Prince so that way he could continue practicing a new form of magic called Blossomancy, which is utilizing different plants and other floral things as magic based attacks. So it's been a work in progress, so I'm still ironing out the details, but Prince can now use flower magic. Prince casts Razor Leaf. Literally, he is a grass <laughs> Pokemon. He's a penguin that's a grass Pokemon? Perfect. Imperion had a uh, grass subtype. Yeah, yes, exactly. I mean, it is getting late, but I promised Wes that I would do this. So, Wesley, we're still going to have the adventure. We're going to get to it. But I would like you to do a little bit of an introduction and give a, I guess, a little monologue of your character because you are going to be with us for quite some time. So I'm going to let you have the floor. All right. So uh, don't know too much about where you guys ended up, but you would see a mm, medium sized guy with horns on top of his head sitting at a bar. One eye, one color, one eye, the uh, two eyes, two different colors sitting there talking to the bartender just. I'll tell you about the days I went sailing away, doing my own thing, no issues, no problems. Ship went down. I had to make a few deals. Couple deals here, couple deals there. Next thing you know, I signed my life over for something. But good news is, good news is, everything's on the up and up. I got feel like I got good things coming my way. Don't know what they are exactly, but good things coming my way. Just mind his own business, doing his thing. Is this Leela and Vila's bar? Yep, this is this is currently at the Dragon Turtle Inn. So you guys are still in Fiskerback, but it's like one of those like character moments of towards the end of like an episode that's introducing the next character in the upcoming arc for I, King. Yeah, okay. okay, write that down. Remember that. Uh yeah, there's good things coming my way. Just something about certain people. Certain deities, if you will, that live under the ocean. No names mentioned. Due to uh reasons. But while I'm at it, have you uh I've ever told you about the great Lord and Destroyer Cthulhu. As you say that, one of the pamphlets just falls off the <laughs> wall onto the bar. <laughs> and that's a little introduction to Amino Acid, spelled Amino oh, Acid. I, we, have, we have a Guy Ritchie villain? This is going to yep. be fantastic! Yep. So, Wes, <laughs> so if, if it's not giving too much away, do you want to uh, tell them your class and uh, the... Well, I mean... I'll let you do that. <laughs> yeah, he's a uh, he's a warlock with the patron of the Great Old One. And, <laughs> of course, I'd have to go with Cthulhu because the Great Lord and Destroyer, Cthulhu. And he's not evil entirely. Good intentions, know. questionable methods. I'm just looking at the reactions across the board. Remember how we'll, I said... We'll either be very good friends or very big enemies. <laughs> I'm betting on the second one. Yeah, <laughs> me I'm, I'm too. So, it'll, be a, it'll be fun. So remember how I told you guys at the beginning of the last episode that you guys we were going to enjoy what Wes has came up with? I hope it delivered because I could see across that you guys are super excited about this. I'm very oh, excited. Man, and you can't see on my screen, but I was literally just thrashing about. about like, oh <laughs> my god! What? So yes, if it hasn't been made obvious... To the listening audience, Wesley here is going to be joining us for chapter two of this campaign. So he's going to be a regular cast member as we continue through the story for chapter two. And uh, we'll see what happens. I definitely wanted to bring in more people to kind of get to experience this game. 
And Wesley was just like, yo, if you ever need someone, just let me know. And I was like, can you do it tonight? And he's like, yes. I'm like, score. Yeah. And then he sat and there for what, a bunch uh, of hours. I know. <laughs> Sorry, Wes. <laughs> no, no worries. No worries. It's hilarious. Wes, I got a question. Uh, you said he had horns, so that gives me an idea on what race they might yeah, be. Yeah, he's, he's definitely a tiefling because, you know. Oh, I, my God. I, I, I he was a thing. Because now we're going to have a tiefling and a celestial paladin in the same uh, we'll party. We'll friends. Don't worry your pretty little face. I love it so much. If you can get along with someone else who has another god apart from yours, I'm pretty sure you'll get along with at least two uh, of us that worship attention in this party. Everyone's giving each other side eye. I mean, it's not going to be a spoiler because you guys are going to find out. But prior to this, me and Wes were talking and we were trying to establish, you know, how this is going to work. So thankfully, he agreed to this. So we'll work out the details. We'll work out the details, but uh, the warlock is actually friends with Prince, so... <laughs> oh, next up to find the Raspberry fine. Beret. That's yes, the, and the, ra the Raspberry Beret <laughs> is what we are looking for. <laughs> the quest for the Raspberry Beret. You are going to I die. Think you'll I, Guys, I gotta dip out a little early. I gotta go grab dinner. Enjoy. Uh, I, I love this plan. You guys this later. is gonna be great. Um, I, no, and then the stuff that Mikey and I have worked on, which we have not gotten through, but that just makes this even better. <laughs> so much fun. <laughs> I can't wait. This is going to be there's, so good. There's going to be. Like, like I said, I need episode 13 right now. <laughs> I know. Yeah. There's some stuff I can't. I'm not going to give anything away. There's going to be a lot of different voices in one episode. There's going to be a lot of characters. It's y'all's positive feedback. I can't wait till we come across, uh, come across the witch. I like oh, the voice of witch. Oh, oh my yeah. gosh! Oh, you guys everywhere under the sea. Be like, why is this crab talking to me, and why is he singing? Why is he Jamaican man? On daddy's weather. Oh jeez, but yeah. So I can't wait. But that is going to conclude the fireside chat episode. So next time when we come back, we're gonna pick back up through the beginning of chapter two and we're gonna see uh how our party gets back from fisker back to gunderland and how the introduction of our new party member is going to integrate into this cast because oh boy i i'm so excited this is gonna be a lot of fun but that is gonna conclude this episode of call of the deep thank you for joining us as always from me and my cast of the DD vibe tribe productions remember guys love one another Take care of each other, and as always, let the good times roll. Until Don't next episode. To Don't forget to tip the waitress and stay hydrated. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> this has been the Call of the Deep podcast. To support us, please subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you download your auditory escapism in podcast form. And while you're there, leave us a five-star review. Even our intrepid characters are no match for the insidious algorithm, especially without your ability to cast aid on our stats. The music in this episode was Prepare for War by Alexander Makarada. You can find all his music at serpentsoundstudios.com. Tune in next time for more hijinks from the darkest depths of the sea on the call of the deep.